All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Hello again, and welcome to Primitive Screwheads Talk Horror Movies. My name is Screwhead Dan. And I'm Screwhead Andrew. And we are two friends who meet every so often and bound over our love of horror movies to discuss, dissect, and dismember. I did that wrong. Decide, dissect, dismember, and discuss a horror movie of the week. This week is The Ritual, the 2017 Netflix film directed by David Bruckner. Um, I will do want to warn you beforehand, we are going to talk about spoilers about halfway through the episode, and we will give you an additional warning when we start to get into it. Until then, though, it's going to be spoiler-free. So, Andrew, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good, man. Enjoying the nice weather. How about yourself? Uh, Jumping the nice weather, too. It's supposed to be really, really crazy tomorrow in terms of weather, storming, that sort of thing. My girlfriend gave, like, five different farmer's markets, and she's like, I want to go to this one. I want to go to this one. And I'm like, it's going to be raining, like, crazy. But that is what it is. Yeah, what, what's your favorite thing to get at a farmer's market? Like, what do you when you look, uh, when you go to a farmer's market, what do you look for? Uh, usually the fresh produce and stuff like that, like a pineapple or apples or that sort of thing. I like Honeycrisp apples. Wait, That's pineapple? Yeah, pineapple. We don't go pineapple around here. How the fuck do you get pineapple at a farmer's market? <laughs> Listen, man, I live in the South, all right? Wait, do pineapples grow in North Carolina? I don't know, but they sell them. You know, that's a good question. I should probably know where my pineapple is coming from. I'd be really, I would go ask them questions. Like, where where the fuck are these pineapples (laughs) actually growing? Because this is, this gives me a lot of questions. I just go up to the cashier with a pineapple in my hand, slam it on the counter, and go, yo, what the fuck? Like, I, I don't, for some reason, I imagine, I always thought of pineapples as like tropical fruits, and I don't quite imagine where you are are tropical. And I also feel like farmer's markets exist to give the wares of the community. So I feel like yeah. somebody's lying here. It uh, could be possibly. Um, yeah, th- there are some regional farmer's markets around that are actually pretty big. It's like three warehouses full, basically, of just like miscellaneous stands and stuff. But it's not just produce. It's also like bakeries and uh, baked goods. And then people like make their own soaps and hummus and all of that good stuff. So, yeah. Dude, we have th- we have this place near us that uh, they make like jams, like artisan jams. And they mm-hmm. have ones with um, ghost pepper and shit in it. It's so mm. fucking good. Mm. It's so good. And it's like I, ne- I never. They're like, oh, I don't think ghost pepper jam would be good. Like, you know, maybe just try it. And I love it. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm always on the lookout for something spicy because you know we both lived in Korea, so you know we can both handle our spicy food. And I remember when um when I worked deployed me to LA one time, there was a hot chicken place that I saw on YouTube, and it was just like this is the spiciest hot chicken. You need to sign a waiver before you can order it, otherwise um you can't order it. And it's like this is really that spicy. And then mm. I ate it, and like I don't want to appear tough or anything like that, but like it was nothing. It was absolutely nothing. And I'm like, really, really, dude. See, I've I've done that challenge at um Buffalo Wild Wings a couple times, and like again, I don't think it's that bad. But then like I definitely have friends who are like dying, and I'm like, how, yeah, I'm like, how do you not think? Like, just force yourself through it. It's not that bad. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Next time you come up to a uh, Massachusetts area, there is a place near us. It's called Red Heat Tavern that does something like that. It's not. I don't know if it's, if it's the Ghost Pepper. No, it's the Carolina Reaper. Sorry, that's what it is. Mm, the Carolina yeah, Reaper up. Wings. We should we should do that challenge. I've been wanting to do it forever. Oh, absolutely. No, there was one Thai place in uh, Asheville, North Carolina that we went to one time, and it, they rated the pad thai on like a zero to five, and I was just like, oh, it's just two five. Of course, it's gonna not going to be spicy at all. No, it kicked us on our <laughs> ass. Like, it was 
bad. It was, like, sadistic. And then we had to flag the waitress down and be like, okay, do you have anything milk-based at all? I don't care what it is, but deliver it to us. And she was just like, well, there's this milk-based dessert dish. Yes, bring it, please. Put <laughs> in here. So that was our hubris. But, uh, yeah, it was really good. But it was just damn spicy. Uh, yeah. You know, you, know that, you know what that reminds me of? Like, going through pain and torment and, like, you know, living with uh, hardship. That reminds me of this movie, The Ritual. Oh, I thought you were going to say Adam Sandler's Jack and Jill, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, nice accurate. transition. I know. I'm so good at, at those. I'm like, so, I'm yeah. like George Lucas. Just transitions everywhere. So what are we discussing today, Andrew? Yeah, so as, as uh, Dan mentioned earlier, today we're discussing uh, The Ritual, which was um, a suggestion actually by um, somebody on Instagram. Uh, I think their handle is a Swedish horror nerd. And they're awesome, um, other than their picture of Alien as their profile, which is always going to win me over. Um, they've been great. They, we've messaged back and forth a bunch. Um, they've been really, they're kind of just, in general, very supportive of different podcasts and stuff. Um, great guy. Uh, and he uh, suggested The Ritual when I asked a bunch a little while ago about what would be a, a good movie to watch. Um, and I, I watched this movie when it first came out. Uh, I think I was a little inebriated at the time. Um, and I just kind of turned it on and was very pleasantly surprised. Um, so I thought it was great. Um, and I was really excited to talk about it as soon as he mentioned it. I was like, hell yes. And I'm, I'm, I was really surprised, Dan, that you hadn't seen it. And actually, a lot of people haven't seen it, which is insane to me. It's such a good movie. Yeah, it's one of those movies that kind of just released to Netflix and then flew over a lot of people's radars. And I mean, the premise is not anything that really stands out. It's no. just four um, Brits decide to go hiking in the Swedish wilderness and spooky shit happens as they're up there. Um, so it's kind of like, I don't know, I've heard comparisons to Blair Witch Project. It's definitely not a found footage film at all. It no. is, you know, the cinematography and everything is very professionally made. It is decently high budgets um, for what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it's got that same sort of premise, just lost in the woods and spooky stuff starts happening and they have to figure out exactly what's going on there um yeah so i i personally have never heard of it though i did see uh, i did a little bit of research in the director david bruckner and he did direct my favorite uh, segment from vhs um amateur oh, yeah? night did you ever see that one um was that the one with the uh the girl i don't know how to, like without spoiling it. is that the one with the girl who like turned that's into the one with the, the girl creature? yep Yep, She's the a girl, the yeah. creature girl. Yep, okay, that's awesome. the one. Mm-hmm. Did, did you ever see yep. the movie they made off of that? They, t- they turned that into a full-length film. Did you ever watch that? Really? No, I didn't yeah. see that one. Mm-hmm. I think it's called. What is it? What, what is she in the end of the movie? She's she's not a harpy. What is she? She's a scumbag. I feel like succubus. That's the one. Yeah. They 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 named it might have been called like succubus. I can't remember what, but they released it a little while ago. Siren. Siren. There we go. Yeah, that's that's the spinoff of that one right there. All right, cool. That was a good one. Yeah, awesome. no, that was a really, really good one. Mm-hmm. And another thing to add, this is also based off a book. I can't remember who the writer is, something Neville, I think. Joe, uh, Joe Barton. Oh, wait, no, that's the writer from the movie, sorry. Uh, Adam Neville is Adam the Neville. author of this uh, book. Great. And I, I will say, I, I, I finished this movie, and I was so pumped about it. Um, and I went and read the book immediately after. <laughs> uh, I don't remember it very well. I do, there are, It does track very similar to the film. Um, the ending is a bit different um, in a weird way. But it's it's good. It's a, it's a good film. All right, okay, it's a great cool. book. I mean, so if you're if you're interested, if the movie does interest you at all, um, I would definitely the say book is the book. slightly worse, but still worth reading. Yeah, it it, okay. it it captures the atmosphere of the movie really really well, or I guess the movie captures the atmosphere of the novel really really well. Um, cool. So that that's great. Um, but yeah, so uh, again, for, in order to not do spoilers, um, yeah. So as Dan said, the, the, basically the plot of this film is um, four friends uh, go into the woods as kind of a 
uh, sorry, they go on a hike as kind of a way to remember their uh, other friend, kind of the fifth member of their group who uh, passed away during a robbery, uh, which our main character Luke was present for. Um, and so basically at the beginning of the film, we meet all these characters and they're deciding where they want to go on vacation. Um, and Rob, Robert, the, the guy who ends up dying, really wants to go hiking. So when he dies, they decide to go hiking kind of to commemorate him. Um, and the story is great because it's not only is it kind of, you know, it's a horror movie being lost in the woods, but it's also kind of this personal um, struggle with Luke kind of dealing with his guilt and kind of uh, the, the kind of theme of pain and kind of how uh, we deal with pain is really kind of present in the film. And it's really. Yeah, big it's it. it's a lot of survivor's guilt in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, he was in this um uh, liquor store when it got robbed and his friend got killed that's the opening scene and it just keeps coming back to heart and haunt him over and over and over again so mm-hmm. and actually yeah. dan i have a question for you mm-hmm. so because I, I the the members of his team in the story take different kind of stances you can kind of tell that one of them blames him for it so a couple of them don't or kind of mm-hmm. at least have mixed feelings what would would you blame him for what he did in this in the story because as dan said in, in the story he's going he's going to get liquor he actually nobody really wants to go with him Rob, his friend, volunteers to go with him to get the, um, mm-hmm. the vodka. And while they're there, uh, they get uh, held up, essentially. And uh, Luke hides in the back. He considers at one point, you can kind of see him kind of testing the bottle he's holding, seeing if he wants to go try to help out Rob. Um, mm-hmm. And Rob does comply with the, with the robbers. He gives him his wallet, gives him his watch, um, but refuses to give him his wedding ring. And that's when he gets got. Uh, they kind of smash him in the face with a, uh, almost looks like a machete. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he gets, it's brutal. Um but what would you have done in that situation? Like, do you do you feel right to blame Luke? Um, so again, you know, I've never, been, thankfully, never been in that situation before. But I didn't really blame him for what he did because not only was he outnumbered, but they had weapons he didn't. You know, mm. we can all say, "Oh, we're going to be the hero and try our best to save," you know, the friends and that sort of thing. But he had no idea it was going to escalate into that situation um, at that point. Because I, I don't believe they hurt anyone. And even the other guy, the, the other robber, when he kills his friend, says, dude, what the fuck? We weren't supposed to do this. It was definitely kind of a heat-of-the-moment crime sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't I don't blame him. No, me either. How about that, you? Mm-hmm. To me, that, that was kind of the, the one few things in the movie. I was kind of like, yeah, like, why would you actually blame him? Like, we, one of the characters does. And, again, I, I can't quite tell if that's if I'm actually blaming him or him just being in pain and as a result... You know, yeah, I think it was just kind of out. a holdover from the pain, lashing out, definitely not thinking straight, because it's an extremely traumatic experience having a friend die, and especially, um, you know, everyone just wants to make sense of it or blame it, and people process it in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that is, kind of does lead me to one thing I really like, in terms of the four friends who go hiking, they... It, they're not buddy buddy they're college buddies but they've all grown up since then and they're trying their best to reconnect um decades later when they all have you know spouses and children and all of that mm. but it's tense the whole way through like you could tell they are not the same best friends that they were back in college yeah and uh, there's a lot of cracks forming in the friendship and, see, and actually, I, I got to say, like, I think one of the, the great things about this film and what really elevates it are these characters. Like, I feel like Hutch and uh, Luke and uh, was it Rob? No, Rob is dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dom and Phil. They're like all very real characters. I feel like like I feel like we all kind of have friends like them. And I feel like they're all like like you said, like, you know, they're they all kind of they the actors very well do this idea of them trying to be friends, trying to kind of rekindle their college friendship to a degree. But again, also having things outside of life that even at the one point Luke complains about how like I think how uh dom is like you know he's married and he wants to like kind of settle down and isn't as crazy um while luke is kind of the spinster guy who uh Mm -hmm. you know 
is of the group is you know hasn't really moved on necessarily hasn't matured yet yeah the dialogue feels really really natural between the four friends and it it, it, the 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 conversations that they have and the um understanding they have for each other or lack thereof does feel very very natural they all four of the actors did a great job um and the main character, let's see, uh, Luke, Luke uh, Rafael Spall, um, <laughs> he was actually, did I say that right? Yeah. I'm always uh, mispronouncing names. Ra- Rafe Spall? I don't know. But he was in Black Mirror. He was one of the central characters in the episode White Christmas, and he did an absolutely phenomenal job in that one, too. So I was just like, where do I know this guy from? Oh, that's oh, right. Wait, do you, know what, do you know where else you know that guy from? Uh, where? Uh, he's Milburn in Prometheus. <laughs> he's the guy who gets who gets the hammer peed who breaks his arm and goes in his mouth so andrew the biologist. Sorry, we promised ourselves we're not gonna we're not gonna go on a prometheus tangent today i, I, know, I know you want to i know you want but, to okay but Just he, remember your mantra he's not the only one here of alien fame though <laughs> if if you remember thomas. Uh, uh thomas who is sebastian's helper in alien vs predator uh the kind of boy got the glasses um who helps him kind of translate and stuff he is actually uh dom He's a lot fatter than this. Uh, but he's uh, the actor who um, plays Dom also played Thomas in AVP. Um, so just so you know, you know, there's some clearly somebody here was like, oh, man, the Alien franchise. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> took that shit in. Uh, but, yeah, just tossing that out there. Like, so mm. there's some there's some Alien chops. And who knows? Maybe Hutch is from it, too. I, I would, All I roads surprised. lead back to Alien for Andrew. They really do. That's just one thing we got to know about Screwhead, Andrew. And they, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think it's very natural in terms of that. I think the first third of the film does a great job setting up tension um, mm. in terms of just creating this collective discomfort. Middle third definitely, I feel, drags a little bit um, as they're slowly figuring out what's going on to them in these woods. But then they definitely bring it back with the last third, which I really, really did enjoy. And I'm very glad they went the direction they did instead of, um, well, I'm not going to spoil it right now, but I, I'm glad that they went the direction they did. Yeah. Well, and, and kind of talking about that, like, so, you know, like, like you mentioned at the beginning, I think that there is a genre of films, like a lost in the woods genre. Um, and, I, you know, this, like you said, like when it first came out, I, I threw it on just like whatever the fuck I'll watch this movie. But I think it handles that the tropes of that genre and kind of the setup really, really well. Um, and just in terms of like, you know, it, it's, it's essentially like. Like, I almost kind of think of it, instead of thinking of it as uh, Blair Witch, I kind of think of it almost more like uh, The Descent, to a degree. Yes, of, like, I, saw, I read that comparison on Reddit, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Okay, awesome. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's, like, like, obviously not with the creatures and stuff, but, like, it feels a lot more like that, where, like, it's a lot more of the characters in the environment than it is just, like, creepy shit happening. I think that's one of the strengths of this movie, is it's not just a bunch of creepy shit happening. Like, and when it does happen, it's not, like, jump scare. It's not, like... It, like ridiculous it's it's definitely like a journey for luke and we're observing it through his eyes mm-hmm. and i think that's honestly one of the best things about it like that that blair which the original was you know a little bit more reserved but the remake was not the remake but the sequel was, was kind of terrible um mm-hmm. and i think it for a movie like this it didn't go for the gross out factor it went for the creepy factor but not the over the top like the woods are evil which i like i kind of found refreshing like mm-hmm. i don't know about you but like i thought the way this film was shot was really well done the fact that they didn't Mm -hmm. it wasn't just steady cameras on the people and it wasn't following the characters but the people actually disappeared in the woods like there's this one shot we get of the characters walking kind of when they first start off walking in the woods but all we see is like it's basically they have a stand of trees and they put the camera right into it 
So the people are completely obscured by the trees. You just kind of see little slices of them moving between the trees. And mm-hmm. I fucking love that. Because it's a great, it's a great like, way to show that these people are kind of, again, lost in the woods or being overtaken by the woods. And oh, they definitely. Do- now, the cinematography, especially, I've, like that one scene where they find the tents um, that's buried under the ground. I remember oh my God. being really wowed at that when I took a look at that. I was just like, they did a great job setting the scene. You know, I can see everything. I can feel the isolation of the trees and the claustrophobia of it all as well. Um and then also the other parts, too, where, you know, they do, there, there's several different scenes where they, you know, stare the camera out into the woods and you do this thing where you're scanning the branches and trees trying to find out, you know, is there something out there? And occasionally there is. Um, mm-hmm. And when you spot it, it's not in your face. It's just kind of there as a detail in the background. So, yeah, what, I like that. What I love, it too, because a lot of those shots, too, are reverse shots of ones we saw earlier with the cast. So, like, that, meant, that scene I mentioned earlier of them being, like, among the trees and just slivers. They did that same mm-hmm. shot with the creature, and you're just like, "Oh fuck!" Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I thought that was so good. Like, I didn't really notice the cinematography the first time I saw this, but God, it's so good. Like, it's it is pretty good mm-hmm. for for a movie that's so not well known. It's insane how well made it is. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I I was blown away by that. <laughs> so, which I think is there anything else you want to go into before we go into kind of spoiler zone about it? Like, well, yeah, how, what would you say about it? like how did how did it go for you? Um, I, I liked it. Um, I definitely don't think it's a 10 out of 10 movie. Like, it, it does the Lost in the Woods story very well, but it doesn't really go beyond that. There there are a few things that I think are really stand out in this movie, which we'll talk about in the spoiler section. But, I mean, overall, it's just a very well-produced movie, well-done movie. Um, the flaws are minuscule, but it doesn't really, you know, elevate from that baseline. It knows what it's set out to do, and it does it well. And that's basically the biggest compliment I can give it. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say fuck you. <laughs> like I, I think this movie is amazing. Like I honestly cannot think of a better movie in like the past five years that I like a better horror movie in the past five years that doesn't just feel over the top. Like I think the minimalism of this movie is really how it shines in the sense of that. It, like I feel like it is just like a character story of Luke and of his friends too, and like how they deal with things. And like I don't know, I it's it's kind of like Final Girls in the sense of you know like I feel like. The story within it is a lot is really strong, except that unlike Final Girls, I feel like it doesn't have as much stupid shit going on. It doesn't have as much distraction, mm-hmm. and it's just bare bones. And like, I don't know. It's I think this movie is amazing. I think if you have not mm-hmm. seen this movie, you should definitely see this movie. Like, to me, this is like <laughs> Alien, except like in the woods. This is like like in, it just like I mean, in terms of that that, that slow burn, that well shot, that well character development, like the, all the things that made Alien good and not just some shitty horror movie are in this movie. Andrew, um, you can't just compare everything to Alien. I, I, mean. I, I feel like Alien, <laughs> Alien is the hallmark of like a well-made creature feature. And, and actually, I, I believe even the director said that he kind of the same idea where he was like, I, I, he, I think he referenced Alien as like a, he wanted it to be a slow burn. He wanted it to not be the creatures right in your face. He wanted you to think something's mm-hmm. there, but not quite sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was awesome. Um, mm-hmm. And again, like, I think it's also nice because it's not so fucking long. And like, even... To me, again, like we talk about characters, I think the like another thing that makes this character this movie great is there are no characters that I hate. Like I think yeah. every character is, is understandable, even the one who's kind of a jerk. You know why he's a jerk, and like I feel like more horror movies need to do that because I think with horror movies, especially the Blumhouse, you know, th- this idea of putting these trope characters in is is so prevalent and like expected, and I get it to a degree of the genre of the slasher and the body count kill like films. But there's a lot of movies that try to do what the ritual does but they still throw in these stupid fucking characters. Like like the Blair Witch remake. They throw in, like, the goth girl and the, the creepy guy and the jock guy. And, like, 
I think this movie's great because they make them people that you care about, that even when, like, they're a jerk, you don't want them to die. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think that is great. And even, like, in the end, the what, the creature, what's revealed and the what's going on with that, it's, again, it's not, like, I don't know how to say it. It's not crazy. Like, is it yeah, weird? Yeah, and then also too just the fact that this movie is so minimal in terms of what it puts out forward and puts forward that the characters really do have a time to develop and shine even the character that blames um yeah luke for um the friend's death um we kind of get the feeling that it's just his way of processing trauma and we definitely don't agree with him we don't think that you know luke had any responsibility for his friend's death or should have stepped in because you know maybe he could have gotten hurt as well but at the same time we get where he's coming from it's just it's a horrible situation and that's his way of processing i have a question for you yes i don't know why this made me think this but when i was watching the movie how does this movie make you think about going out into the woods? <laughs> like, you know, you know, everyone said, like, Blair Witch, like, never go in the woods. It, do, it does to woods uh-huh. what Jaws did to water. Like, how do you feel about that after watching this movie? Okay, so just a little background. I am an Eagle Scout. I spent so much of my childhood camping and being out in the woods. And even now, I still love hiking and everything like that. And I really, I... <sighs> The woods, in terms of the character, it felt oppressive. It felt claustrophobic. It felt like you were constantly getting lost back and forth. I can't say it made me want to go into the woods again, but not because it was just like, oh, I'm too scared to go into the woods or anything. Um, I just don't think it did a very good job of showcasing, you know, the beauty of nature um, and that sort of thing, which obviously it didn't intend to. So, where are you getting at this with, Andrew? I because to me again, I think it's probably the way it's shot. I felt the opposite. I wanted to go fucking hike the King's Trail that they just did. Like this movie made me want to go out into the woods, <laughs> like, <laughs> which like you know again maybe not the best thing for like a murdery, uh, murdery movie in the woods, but like it made me want to go into the woods. Like I like I just loved the way it shot the woods and that it didn't shoot them. Like again, the, yeah, they're, I guess they're part of the story, they're a character in themselves, but they're not a villain. Mm-hmm. It's like a passive thing. Like nature is a thing that is there and it is just nature. And I thought that movie would you, would you consider a uh, force of nature? Yes. <laughs> fuck it. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> but, you know, like, I, I, to me, like, I just, like, something about it just felt really different from a lot of these other movies in terms of the way it shot things. And, like, literally, I just wanted to go hike this. And, like, that's, like, what this movie made me want to do. Um, yeah, I think it's just the cinematography. Like, they did a great job with establishment shots and holding a single shot on a particular place for a long time. Like, it was just, it was it was fun to watch around. Mm-hmm. No, I, yeah. I agree. But great. Yeah. Right, so, cool. so we both it sounds like we both suggest it uh a watch through at least want to get into spoiler territory yeah yeah all right right. so we're gonna start talking about spoilers so if you don't want the movie to be spoiled for you uh go ahead pause the episode right now go watch it on netflix and then come back to us at this time and and please 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 do go watch it it's like an amazing movie and like literally spoiling it is feels like a crime so like please please go go watch (laughs) the film first all right, sounds good. All right, so spoilers in three, two, one. Holy shit, the creature design. Dude, fucking right. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, you know, I'm very much a proponent of the Jaws school of thoughts in terms of just, like, show the creature as little as possible. Whatever appears in your head is always going to be scarier than what actually happens in real life. But no, not for this movie. Like, they show the creature for the entire last third of the movie um pretty extensively and they have a fantastic design like it's so good no it's it's amazing i I, Mm -hmm. like 
just just the, the combination of different elements like i love like it's like the the head like the or the body head kind of thing i don't know how you describe it like it's like to me it felt it felt almost like a mixture of like uh something from like silent hill combined with like you know you know when princess mononoke like the spirit of the forest yeah i had the same <laughs> thought in my notes too like the spirit of the forest but just a completely fucked up version of it um yeah the creature designer um shit i had it in my notes i don't see it right now fuck because i wanted to give this guy the props um give him all the props yeah, I guess so. I'm sorry. I don't know who produced this this prop guy right here, but uh, yeah, but he did. Um, he you can go to his Instagram and like he does show like how he put this together and the thought behind it and everything like that. And just it they it's so good. The creature design is so good. It's like an elk, but at the same time, it's like corpses are hanging from it and the scene where it stands up at the very very end of the movie and stretches towards the sky and it just keeps going like okay that's the head no wait no that's the body wait that no that's the head just back and forth it, it's so good it, no, and i love it too because like all the kind of clues you saw throughout the movie like like you, you the eviscerated like deer that like is in the shape of his head is set up like his head and then later on the the, the 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 like the wicker body that again is is the head but you think it you think it's like a mannequin of like the creature itself Mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh, that's just that's just his fucking head, like yeah. It was and so like, no, fucking no, cool. No, it's a, yeah, what? and then especially too, like I like how they kept showing parts of the monster throughout. Like you see the hand, and then you see the oh. eyes, and then you see the antlers, and you think, okay, I have a pretty good idea of what this creature is going to look like. And then they finally do reveal it in the flames at the end, and you're just like, nope, nope, hundred percent no. <laughs> well, I love it too. I, I love the way the hand that that scene with the hand in the woods again. That, that's that's the reverse shot I was talking about, where again you see yeah. the trees, but just how small it is, and how like you see it, and you're like, it looks kind of like a human hand, and you just, you still have no fucking idea what it is. It's mm-hmm. so good. Um, I know. I thought I thought it was great. I thought the reveal of it was great. Um, and again, like it wasn't like the stupid fucking Blair Witch remake where they brought out the stupid fucking creature at the end. And it's just like, like it it felt real enough to me. Like you know, like you know, like how like like admittedly Jotuns or Jotun, how you say it, uh, are mm-hmm. are like things in mythology. Like Loki's bastard children. Those are things. Um, and they're basically they're just there. That's in a word for like a giant and shit. Um, and I think in in the book they call him not Modor. Motor, motor, I think is what they call him. I think he's given uh, an actual name. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, but like it, like this, these are the kind of movies I love where the creature is something that you want to kind of research and be like, what, what? Like that's part of the reason I'm reading the book because I want to know more about the creature. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's just like with Bagul to me in uh, Sinister, where I'm just like, okay, is this a thing? What is this? Like, I want to know more about this creature because it was just so well designed. That, like there was a mm-hmm. lore behind it, and it wasn't shoved in your face. There wasn't a bunch of exposition. And what exposition was given felt really natural to me. Yeah, it's just an ancient god who rules over this domain of the land, and the people who live in it are forced to worship it back and forth, and that's really all we need. And then also to the whole angle in terms of it capitalizes on your past traumas and makes you, you know, project and visualize it, um, which worked really well with our main plot of, you know, overcoming that grief. And that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing, too, that was kind of interesting. So, obviously, this movie is set in Scandinavia. Um, in North mythology, do you know the tale of when um, Odin hung himself on the World Tree Yggdrasil? And that's how he gained his powers? No. Yeah, that's what happened. And then I was reaching that day. And that's one of the things the um, guy 
the the creature does is he hangs people on the tree on the branches, just compels them, and that's how they die. And I'm wondering if, because this movie is set in Scandinavia and it borrows heavily from North Mythos, that's where they took it from. Hmm. Yeah, that that would be so, cool. I hope so. Like that's that I kind of I'm, I want to read more about that now. But again, that, that's I love yeah. all these movies. I like when they tie in that kind of shit. That's so good. <laughs> But yeah, no, it's great in terms of that. Um, I, I loved the whole just back and forth. And then another thing, too, I really liked about this movie is they didn't go the psychological horror route. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I've seen a lot of movies lately where it, it, in the end it's all in their heads and they're... Blair Witch 2. Yeah, yeah, it's all in their heads and they're just all figuring out that's their way of coping with the past trauma. No, it's an actual fucking monster and a big evil ass cult trying to kill them. Yeah. <laughs> that's... <laughs> Wait, that's and, what i loved about that and the monster like tortures tortures them like uses their past trauma as part of like what it's fucking doing with them which uh-huh. is kind of sinister but also great um and, I, I, and also i loved the the old people <laughs> like the, the husks as we as we might call them um like so because like, you know in, in the movie they, they have the people they basically part of the deal is the jotun will uh, you know you worship it it gets to hang out with you but then what it does for you in return by you worshiping it is it protects you and then it also helps you like to live forever. But then we kind of see that like maybe living forever isn't that fucking great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I kind of love that idea because, you know, people always talk about as kids like, I want to live forever. And it's like, what would happen to you? Uh, and <laughs> in this movie, you become a mummified, like fucking paper skinned creature uh, that just like fucking sits in a chair. And I think in the in the book, they aren't that way. I think in the book, they're like. There's like they're like the people he takes care of are kind of demons in themselves to a degree. They're like not quite human, uh, who are in the tribe. But I liked I like this take on it. I like this idea that like even like its preservation's kind of horrific. Mm-hmm. I love it when he starts lighting them all on fire. He's just like yes. He looks the the look on his face and he's just like oh like he's like he's like can can I do this? And it's like boom lights one on fire. Boom lights the next one on fire. And it's like I <laughs> this, this is cool. No, I I, I love that Luke pretty much makes every right decision in this movie like he wakes up he you know is captured he breaks free he sneaks around he sees a gun he takes it he you know sees a creepy cult shit he immediately just like i'm gonna set this whole thing on fire comes down the stairs the old woman is staring at him and then he's just like fuck this and punches her right in the face dude right (laughs) all right so question Mm. who had the better face punch luke in this movie or nicholas cage in the bear suit in the uh the wicker man you know <laughs> they're on different levels i don't know man like oh I don't, you know it's a great question um let us know in the comments what you think wicker man bear suits or luke punching the old lady you know dude uh, you notice that you know okay I, great connection though also like i think wicker man in this would be a good connection to make to a degree but mm-hmm. like, you know, like in that same kind of i would have loved to see wicker man take more of this like I think Wicker Man the original is a great movie. I think the premise is great, but I think this if there were to be a sequel to this movie, which I don't think they should make one, I think it would have to be a Wicker Man style movie where we kind of see a bigger version of this cult to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and even then, like I don't want the mystery to be removed. I think they gave us exactly what we need to, and that's that. Yeah. So, now uh-huh. that, that's all, that's a, that's what I like, love and hate about this movie. It's, it's a great movie in the sense that like the creature is interesting. Everything's so interesting, but yeah, like, more would spoil it. Kind of like I think with the, again like what they do with the sinister. Cool was interesting, and then they kind of made that sequel, and you're like, "What the fuck are you guys doing?" Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, no, I, I, I agree. I think I think a sequel would be kind of weird. Um, but here, before we go over the ending, because I want to talk about that, 
okay. I want to talk about the characters. What do you think about, like, like, I know we talked about them before, but now that we can kind of talk about their deaths and stuff, like, wh- actually, I don't know what So, per, you know, I think going over the characters, like, who is your favorite other than Luke? Who do you think was a good character? Um, I thought uh, Glasses, I forgot his name exactly, but the one who was, uh, yeah, Dom, who was insulting him and basically saying, I'll blame you for the death. I, you know, he was good because I hated him at first because that's when he was intended to be hated, that sort of thing. But at the very end, when he gets sacrificed and he like takes it like a man, he's just like, yeah, I don't know, is that a sexist term to say? Whatever. Um, Yeah, he takes it really, really well. He's just like, come on, let's get it over with. Let's go, let's go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's just, yeah, done, he's just so. done at that point. He's been so much pain. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I liked him. Like, I don't know. I, it's just like a nice person. I fucking loved Hutch. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like Phil was kind of the weak character. Phil was not developed very much as a character other than his naked scene. Yes. Um, we, which like, was creepy. So it was like, and like, so like, I don't know how to say this. They describe the Jotun as choosing him because of his pain. Like, you know, pain. Why do you think it took the others in the manner that it did? Um, because I kind of took it as Luke had the most pain out of everybody over this friend's death because he was there. He saw the whole thing. The rest of them, they process it in different ways. All They, they were standing outside when it happened. They didn't see all of that. Mm-hmm. So the Jotun kind of took a look at that and said, I choose you because you have the most uh, grief all about this. Do, do you think there is any meaning in the order of the deaths? Oh shit! I remember some reading something in IMDb trivia about that. <gasps> um, oh yeah, no, when they exited the tents. Um, yeah, let me go ahead and find it real quick. Uh, duh, 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 duh. So, in the scene after the murder, as they're waking up in their tents um, on the hill before they enter the forest, um, they exit their tents in the same order that they end up dying. Oh really? Yeah, mm-hmm. I did not know that. See, yeah. I, I was wondering if that's something to do with the way that they deal with pain. Because, like, um, Hutch kind of, like, as a character doesn't really address it and just kind of pushes past it. Like, when things start going weird, like, like you know, he, he tries to ignore it. He, um, you know, the other uh, Phil and Rob, Ra, Ra, or not, sorry, Dom are obviously kind of taken aback. And, like, you can tell they're kind of processing it. But Hutch just kind of tries to push it to the side and, like, almost ignore, like, what's going on, I feel like. And, like, in, in a positive way for somebody who in that situation who's trying to get them out of the woods. But I feel like Hutch's the kind of character who kind of pushes it away which I thought might be why he was killed because like he didn't deal with the grief. He was just kind of like, you know, like, Oh, we're going to do this thing. It's for our friends. This is great. This is how we get over it. Let's, you know, this is how we're going to get over it. We're going to get over it by doing this thing. And Hey, there's a problem. Let's, we're going to get over it by cutting straight through the woods. Like, I feel like that may have been his character. Like he didn't take on the pain. He kind of pushed it to the side. And I was thinking, I was, but then I was trying to think about like, and with Robert too, like Robert, or not Robert, sorry, Dom survived very long because he was, you know, in pain physically and mentally for what happened. So I was thinking that's why maybe it saved him for a while. But then I was trying to figure out Phil. Phil, I can't think of a reason for why he died second other mm-hmm. than just opportunity. But I guess he he was kind of like... He was like the leader who was like guiding them around, right? No, Phil was the second guy who died. Uh, Hutch was the guy. Oh, okay. Hutch was the first guy. The guy who ended up being right in the end, who was like, no, guys, why are we doing this? Just fucking <laughs> go straight through the woods and follow this compass and we will be fine. <laughs> and like, he's the guy who literally keeps trying. Like, had, like, had they done what he said, they would have been fine. And they mm-hmm. had not. Like, imagine being that voice of reason who just, like, is getting fucked over <laughs> at every turn. They all meet up in the afterlife. I fucking told you so. Right? <laughs> like, I, don't know, I was trying to figure out if there's any reason for that. See, in my mind, for some reason, I thought I was sure when I was watching it that 
there was something between Dom and his wife because he kept mentioning his wife, and I was like, oh, is she like? Did they have a divorce something like that? And he's just kind of like using this trip to get away from that. That might be another I, movie. I thought that too, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I thought that would have been a great way again to talk about his suffering, why he's like not only is he in pain, but he's refusing to admit it or refusing to talk about it. So like that's maybe why he like got sacrificed for it. Like they maybe like that's kind of like what's my thought. Uh, but then yeah, mm-hmm. that didn't end up being a thing. I don't know if that was in the book or if I'm just making that shit up. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But. I, that's what I, that was my internal story for him. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I spent a lot of time while I watched the movie trying to think about how people, why people died, and I, I couldn't place it. Um, other than Hutch, who I think died, died first again as the, as the idealist, as the optimist. It made sense mm-hmm. that for a creature that doesn't quite uh, want that <laughs> to be like, nope. <laughs> yep, feeds off that pain. It's just like, yeah, you know, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm to think, um, so then, okay, the ending. What do you think about the ending? Like, what happened with Luke, his escape? Like, what was your impression of that? I mean, I liked it. I thought the reveal of the creature was fantastic. I liked how the creature didn't kill him outright, but tried to force him to, you know, hey, kneel before me, kneel before me, because, you know, it has a whole cult built up around it. So I thought that was an excellent way to uh, kind of get that all away and get all in. Um, it did end abruptly, but there really wasn't much more to say on that front. I did like the whole primal scream at the mm. very end, back and forth. That reminded me a lot of the descent where, yeah. you know, you kind of revert to the primal base back and forth and there wasn't even an axe in there too. Um, yeah. No, I, so I, I mean, it was abrupt, but I felt there wasn't much more to say. I agree. No, and I, and I, I also love, I, I love the way that, that, that scene with him, with the, the creature trying to make it, try to make him pray to it. Mm-hmm. Like I love, yeah, the, I love great. the use of the arms, like you said, like stretching up to show it, kind of basically miming prayer for him, like pray, like, worship me, pray to me. Mm-hmm. Like I fucking love that. Um, and again, yeah, I think the axe was great because again, the the axe, the axe was the symbolic him fighting back, like he didn't do for Rob, which I thought was awesome. Like the reoccurring motif of him seeing Rob dying and seeing that, and everyone call him a coward, and like that that him looking over and seeing the um, the axe as like you know again as that vodka bottle to kind of fight and not just accept what's happening to him i thought was great um and i think it also kind of played into in my mind like why uh motor did what he did in the sense that like you were saying like i think the reason motor wanted people with pain wasn't because necessarily um it fed on the pain or anything like that but i think it was it wanted broken people who were likely to follow it mm-hmm. so that that's the way i saw it because again i think that's why hutch wasn't necessarily one of them he wasn't broken enough and why um you know like because if you look at the people who were there not to be mean but they're all kind of awkward looking and it might be because of me maybe in the woods but they're all kind of awkward people and i think it's this idea that it wanted it was trying to find people who were so desperate and i think that's part of killing off his friends too leading him so desperate so alone that he's willing to turn to this god uh you know for shelter for a savior and that's why he wanted to pray to him and it was that mm. kind of thing. It was like, no, accept that, like, you're turning to me because you have nothing else. And I think that's kind of where that was, which I, I love that idea that he was just like, no, 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 like, completely give yourself up to me. I completely just feel defeated. And then at the end, you know, Luke wasn't defeated. And he was like, no, no, no. Like, I, I regret what I did back then. I'm not just submitting and saying, I, I didn't do it out of, you know, uh, nihilism. But, mm-hmm. but he, he, you know, he took agency in his life again. Um, so I, I thought that was great. Um, again, like you said, I think that, that primal scream, like, I love that scene because I thought it was primal, but it was also so, to me, it was such, like, a fucking sad scream <laughs> in the sense mm-hmm. of I felt like that was him, like, letting out, like, you know, the death of Rob, the death of his friends, everything he'd been doing. I thought that was, like, the desperation kind of scream of just, like, like, you know, feeling it was like... his way of processing the grief. Yeah, exactly. And also just his way of being, like, 
you know, just like the the fuck you or like the, like because you know he, he at the end he's like yeah fucking like I'm out of here but fucking kill me whatever and he like it screamed at him and he was just like, no it, like right back at you like like nature's screaming at him the world's screaming at him he just screams back and I fucking oh I thought that was so good it was, I don't know that that scream just like I feel like some people could see that as kind of stupid and hokey but I thought it was such like a powerful thing mm-hmm. um, that I thought just for his character it made sense like for somebody who has trouble processing has trouble talking just like that scream coming out to me was awesome mm-hmm. i could like i, I agree I, I feel like we just walked out and stared at it, it would have been kind of weird but, <laughs> but like, it was also a great way to diffuse the energy that was going on right because like, you know like in movies where somebody hops out the window or whatever at the end and like they get out and it's kind of like, oh okay but i thought like the mm-hmm. high energy the high tension in him that was just like that like <laughs> it was a great way to diffuse the energy of the moment but also probably within the character as well mm-hmm. yeah cool uh yeah i guess we'll wrap this up any final thoughts on the ritual awesome movie go see it go in the woods maybe watch it in the woods that'd be kind of fun <laughs> i always thought it'd be kind of fun to do the things like that like to like watch a movie like you know like watch a horror movie in the woods i remember watching uh watching uh what's that movie event horizon in like my basement that's all crowded with shit i can't remember why we did it down there i think like somebody's i thought you were about to say i, I saw event horizon in space <laughs> <laughs> I, I did actually you know it was the closest i could get all right it was an old basement full of like boxes and shit because i was trying to like not wake my parents that night and i washed it down uh-huh. there and i was like oh so immersive and creepy like i feel like that'd be a fun way like go on a or, like you know go camping and watch like friday the 13th or something like probably fuck you up a little bit but like it sounds like fun yeah and this is common trivia but like you know and every uh winter in antarctica there's always a period of several months where no planes can get through just based on the weather patterns and that sort of thing um so when the last plane leaves apparently everyone on the base gets together and they watch the thing which is fantastic well they should watch three days of night but also that because <laughs> no, that's alaska isn't it barrow, barrow yeah alaska. it's barrow alaska Fuck, uh-huh. damn it i yes. hope they watch that movie all the time there <laughs> just like i hope everybody in dish pennsylvania or the fuck that dish has dish network i hope you know i feel like things like that need to exist like it's like you know people in salem watch salem slot all the time you know yep. cool facts awesome awesome um yeah so overall i mean my impression of the ritual it does what it sets out to do very very well it doesn't break much renew ground but it definitely breaks the hell out of old grounds and i think it's a very solid lost in the woods horror flick you know i want to check now really quick what does ron tomatoes give it because uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 73% on the tomato meter and 60% for the audience. Yo, level. fuck the audience. <laughs> fuck you guys. Fuck you all. It's, it's always the not, opposite. Not, not our audience. We're talking about the Rotten yeah, Tomatoes. Our, 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 you guys are great. Our audience is great, but fuck whoever did that. Like, are you kidding me? This movie has a worse score than, like, okay, like, this, this is better than, you know, hot take. Listen, man, Better than the horror, Snyder Cut. All right. Horror is always going to have a lower score. But, like, you know, like, Godzilla vs. Kong, I think, is a higher audience approval rating than this movie. Uh-huh. And that movie had like that entire Milby Bobby Brown fucking shit in that movie. At least that movie, the fighting was great. Everything else was fucking terrible. <laughs> um, but yeah. all right, sounds good. There, there's any that, final thoughts? Like I would say, if you do watch it, like don't just throw it on while you're doing something else. Like pay attention to it. I think this movie—it's one of these movies that really deserves your attention and will do the best if you're focusing on it. It's not like a Friday the Thirteenth movie. It's not like Final Girls where you can kind of. Yeah, this is definitely a lights off, you know, pay attention to it, headphones on if you can, that sort of thing. Yeah. So, yep. Awesome. All right, good stuff. Yeah. Dan, do you want to announce the movie we're doing for next week or next uh, episode? Yeah, Alien Day is coming on up, and we decided to take a look at it, and we figured, you know, what's the Alien movie that we could see, and we decided to go with the one we've seen the least, or at least personally I've seen the least. So we're going to go ahead and take a look at Alien vs. Predator 2, 
and see if it's as shits as it was back when we released it. If it is, great. If not, I'm sure Andrew's going to have a myriad of alien trivia to um, give to us. You know, the good news is I don't actually know that much about this one. Like, I've I watched it a few times, and I definitely own it, but, like, it's it's it's, it's the least of my knowledge. So that's it's, it's good. But, yeah, a, uh, April 24th is uh, Alien Day, so you guys should look out for then? stuff like that because it's, it's LV426. April, no, April 26th, sorry. April 26th. <laughs> That's right there. Um, so yeah, go. All right, sounds good. Thank you once again to our opening band. That is the Son Horror Movie Story by the band Teddy's Atlas. You can get them off the album Children of the Corn. Good, good Canadian boys. Check us out next time for Alien vs. Predator 2 Requiem. It's going to be a very dark movie, literally. <laughs> the, the lighting is terrible. You know, uh, I, I heard that there was this um, this thing going around. Like, I didn't know who's, who said it, but like they thought people were saying that this... Because in Disneyland, sorry, in other lands outside the United States, Disney Plus has a star category of like uh, mature stuff. And one of them was AVPR. And I was hearing a uh, reference or legend that the, the version on Disney isn't dark, as dark. They like, they upped the, the, the contrast something. But then um, our buddy, again, a Swedish horror movie nerd on Instagram, uh, he actually messaged me and immediately went to go find it to find out for me. Um, <laughs> and he, he said it's not there. Um, so I don't know. Maybe some other countries have it. But if you guys have access to Disney Plus in another country, maybe check it out. See if it's, it exists. Absolutely. Sounds good. Man, if NordVPN sponsored us, that would have been a great time to transition right? into. And you can see the good version or the better version of Alien vs. Predator if you have NordVPN. You can switch between different countries on your Netflix and Disney Plus and all of that. So NordVPN, step on that shit. We will totally sell out for you. <laughs> we'll catch you all later. Thank you all so much for listening and have a wonderful day. Bye.